some things look a little like one irons and a little bladey and a little tough to play. So getting it wider, the sight line's longer, a little more forgiving. And my pat on the back is when I turn on the TV on Sunday and we have win after win after win. Do you have any idea what the rarest Scotty Cameron putter is out there on the market in the world and what it might be worth in terms of value? Yes. Right, Mr. Scotty Cameron, thank you so much for joining us here on the Gear of the Week show. It's an absolute pleasure. And I think, you know, first of all, we should really get get talking about your new putter range. It's very exciting. The, the new, the Super Select. Can you just, just talk to us a bit about where the design philosophy came from and how does it move on the performance versus what we saw in the uh, Special Select? So thanks for having me on the show. I, um, you know, the like the Newport 2 in this line has been a home run product, but when it came time, you know, sitting down, how do we do this better? How do we change this? How do we make it more forgiving? The goal was to lose 10 grams and put that into places we want to use it most, like the heel and toe um, underneath. So we now on the new product have I-beams on the front and the back, removing weight from the neck and from the back pocket. So those bombs, we call them bombs in the back, there's no paint fill, but we've made those deeper, but we've kept the bomb shapes. So we have ribs in the middle of those bombs for sound and feel. Now we have tungsten weights in the heel and toe weights in the blades. But when it comes to the mallets, we have a wider body back um, to be able to get the weight lower and back into the wider. But the key, I think one of the keys, the uh, square back uh, has been great. Great on tour, great in sales. It's a wide body Newport too. But I have had a few guys and girls from the quarter sisters saying, hey, can we make that a little skinnier, almost a tweener in between a Newport and a Newport 2 and a Squareback? So we have the Newport 2 Plus and the Newport Plus, which is the same thing. But in order to do that, it would get too heavy to make it wider. So I put 6061 aircraft aluminum in a sole plate that I could make that wider. So it's kind of, you know, I think in time, some things look a little like one irons and a little blady and a little tough to play. So getting it wider, the sight line's longer, a little more forgiving, a um, little wider sole so it sits a little better. So yeah, it was the whole goal was how do we do this better? Not to change to change, but change to make it better. And so in terms of making it better, what kind of tangible improvements will golfers really notice in this line versus previous lines? Sure. couple things. We can adjust the milling of the face for sound, which is feel, um, and we've done so. So we went to a, a, a softer mill. We used to have a deep mill, and now we found that we wanted to go right in between. So basically, it's a deep mill where we have a secondary, a dual pass. We, we knock off the high spots of the milling, as you can see in some of the photos, how clean that is. So it's a deep mill but it's not as deep because we knock off the top of the mountains. So and th so those plus shapes, are they kind of almost reacting to trends? You know, I've certainly seen a lot of brands releasing kind of slightly fatter blades. Is that something that golfers are asking for? Something with a bit more substance to it, but in that blade shape? Yes, I think a lot of guys, for example, on tour, 
Um, let's go back seven years ago. We had blades that were, and when we talk blades, Newport, Newport two styles, uh, which were 75% of our tour usage. Now mallets are uh, 50%. So it's 50-50 blades and mallets. So this, is it a tweener mallet? Is it in between a mallet and a blade, kind of? Does it, it perform like a blade? Yes. Does it perform like a mallet? Kind of. So it's right in between the two. And yes, touring pros, and I had some things in the works and handed them to the Quarter Sisters when they were here, Jessica and Nellie. And uh, it was just the, uh, it's exactly what they were looking for. And we we're just tinkering on it. And we brought it out a little bit to the tour and gave it to some of our uh, loyal Cameron guys. Ricky Fowler put it right in play. So prior to the release of this, we've already done our homework on the PJ Tour and the different tours, and we know we have a home run in this Newport 2 and Newport Plus. Cool. And, you know, we've seen there's obviously some larger shapes within this range, and we've seen some slightly more compact mallets in, in the Phantom X range. You could argue there's maybe a little bit of crossover there. I mean, how would golfers who like a mallet choose between the larger shapes in the special selector, maybe the smaller shapes in the Phantom range. The uh, the two, they're completely different. The bigger body stuff in the Phantom is really the larger style mallets. But this is more of a guy that is likes a Newport too, but is looking for something a little more forgiving and a little more substantial, and something that sits a little more soling on the ground instead of wiggling around. So the, the new line is a tweener, but we're doing more mallets because of it went from 25% now to 50%. And the key thing there is most of these new mallets aren't face balanced. If we go back eight, nine years ago, every mallet that came on the market was face balanced. We, when we did the Red X putter, we made that a mallet non-face balanced. And I got kind of punched in the nose by a lot of people saying that doesn't make any sense. Well, it made perfect sense, and that kind of started a trend moving forward. That's great. And um, as a putter designer, especially in that Newport kind of franchise, you've always gravitated towards one-piece milled putters versus maybe insert putters or those with grooves on the faces, that sort of thing, those, those milled one-piece putters. Can you explain a bit about why you've chosen to go down that route versus other routes in terms of putter design? Sure, sure. Mallets serve a purpose. I've always done things, never plastics or urethanes. I've always liked, I do sterling silver in some inserts, but 6061 aircraft aluminum is soft and it's it's nice to mill. We can do some softer aluminums that feel softer, but they tear when we mill them. So it's soft and it uh, mills nicely. The key thing there, I was able to put vibration dampening pads behind the insert. And we have found over time, we can have different milling patterns to create sound and feel versus inserts. So inserts are great, they work great, but I'd rather go to a one piece face and use milling techniques to stay away from added inserts. I've always been a fan of putting screws in the back. So any insert we have ever brought to market, I put screws in the back because that's my insurance policy. They can never come loose. We see a lot of inserts from other companies come through our studio and we have cracks in the face, urethanes, plastics, and loose inserts. So I've always wanted to have 
do it right and have urethanes in between for feel and vibration dampening, but my screws in the back make sure that nothing's going anywhere. And we're never going to get a rattler. Very clever, very clever indeed. And just, just moving slightly away from the, the Super Select and more about yourself, uh, you've been doing this an awfully long time, right? Where does the motivation come from like today to keep going after all these years of success, all these great putters you've produced? Where do you find the drive to, to keep doing what you're doing? You know, I've always told myself when I wake up on Monday and don't want to go to work, um, it's time to start thinking about slowing down. The issue is when I wake up on Monday, I'm charged to do things like a better grip. We have a new grip on here. How do we make products better? And my pat on the back is when I turn on the TV on Sunday and we have win after win after win. For example, this year we have won 40% of all PGA Tour events. That's the pat on the back. That keeps me motivated to do better. And I think with materials and design, staying in that USGA, uh, never crossing the line, but trying to take it to the extreme, you know, I'm always thinking of materials and how can I do it better? How can I get it more forgiving? And how can I hand it to a guy when I'm at the Sony in a couple weeks? And he, his eyes light up like, I've been thinking about this, but um, thanks for making it. So the pat on the back keeps me going on Monday and motivated. But there's so much new stuff that we can do. My issue, by the time I'm done, whenever that is, I want to get some of these thoughts out of my head and in design and get these things into the market. So I don't think we're going to be a shortage of ideas and designs. It's just bringing those things to the market at the proper time with a proper product. And you mentioned you're always thinking about designs, but also you're obviously in constant conversation with tour pros. I mean, how much of your your shapes or your designs that you come up with comes from the tour or comes from your own head, basically? You know, we get a lot of touring pros in here and I'm able and whether they're a Titleist or or wide open or they come in here, they let their hair down and we just talk about what have they seen? What do they like? What would they like in the future? Why don't you like this? But I'm able to hand them a grip and just tell me about the grip. So I'm a big believer in grips matching heads, bends and shafts for mallets matching heads, things making sense. Um, but in the studio, um, you know, most come through here during the year one to three times and I have ideas and I'm not sure some are kind of crazy uh, but I check with them and get their input and I can soften it down I can pick it up but uh, yeah never for a lack of ideas but the studio has been my think tank to be able to have the guys come in and ask their thoughts and opinions and you talked about some crazy ideas you know we see tour players um, with Scotty Cameron putters that are slight variations on what we see at retail. You must have had some pretty crazy requests down the years from tour players. Are there any that, that come to mind that really stand out as the most crazy request you've ever had? I have. Um, one happened like 25 years ago, and this came up recently. Uh, guys like to putt with their wedges on the green uh, to get some feel and get some movement. And uh, I was asked to put a face a putter face on a wedge and weld that to and have the proper loft. And, you know, we have the best wedge maker in the world with Bob Vokey. I said, you know, if you're talking wedges, go see Bob. If we're talking putters, come see me. 
So I turned that one down 25 years ago, and I turned that one down last week. Wow, last week someone asked yeah. for that. Yeah. That's cool. I'd love to see it. That sounds like a pretty crazy product. I'm not going to do it. I'm not <laughs> going to do it because it's a wedge. And Bob should do the wedges. I should do the putters. So it's kind of one of those far-fetched ideas. And I've, I've thought about it, and um, I, I don't want to go down that road. I'm a putter guy, not a wedge guy. Did they tell you why they wanted to putt with a wedge on the greens? It just doesn't seem right to me. No, it doesn't to me either. And to hit the belly of the golf ball and talking about the leading edge of the wedge and where you hit it and where you get the roll and so on. And it was just a thought. And when guys come in here, they have these thoughts. And I love to hear them. Uh, but not always what the guys are asking for, I'm willing or would like to do. But we'll, we'll work our way through it like length of bend or height and face balance versus toe flow. And I always want to hear their thoughts. And if they're good ideas, let's run with it. And if they're not, let's kind of put that thing onto the side. <laughs> and um, we know Scotty Cameron putters uh, hold their value pretty well. And you do a lot of limited edition runs as well, you know, of, of certain models. Do you have any idea what the rarest Scotty Cameron putter is out there on the market in the world and what it might be worth in terms of value? Yes. Um, I did a Golf Channel interview a few years back. A lot of players were in the same deal, and they asked about Tiger Woods putter with the vertical Scotty Cameron and the cherry bomb. And in that little deal, players like a Marco Mir, I remember, and guys were talking about it. And there are a few guys that rated that putter meaning what do you think it's worth and then i heard from some auction houses talking about there's never been a a jockey to have a saddle or a baseball bat or a golf club that has one things like tiger has with that putter so guys were talking about that putter could be worth somewhere between 50 and 100 million dollars wow. how do you put a price on that and uh I think when they came to Tiger asking him, he says, priceless. <laughs> That's incredible. Imagine being, yeah. like, getting hold of that. That would be amazing. And obviously, the, I'm sure this is a question you get asked an awful lot, but I don't know whether you tinker with your own putter or you know, change them out a lot. But what putter are you currently using right now? I am using a new Phantom X11. I like mallets as... Uh, they set a little more square. They look a little more forgiving. Uh, sometimes, and I'm a big fan of blades, like old flangey blades without pockets or old California series and Circa 62 we have done. Um, I have a gallery here in Encinitas, California, and one in Japan, Hamamatsu, Japan. And there are still great golfers wanting those blades. So I'm always having three putters in. I love my blades, I love my mallets, and I love in between. And always trying to look at it to understand, do I like the finish, do I like the color, do I like the sound, do I like the feel? And I'm a, I'm a thinker and a tinker, and I'll come back the next day, mess around with it. But uh, there's nothing really set in my bag, because I like to try and experience everything when it comes to putters. Dare I ask how many Scotty Cameron putters you have in your house right now? At my house, in my golf bag, I have three putters. In my house, in my library or collection, 
I don't have any Scotty Cameron putters. I have my wife and my daughters in there in the library. They have every My Girl that we've ever made. Um, and they don't play golf that much, but they love their Scotty Cameron My Girls. And I think we might be going on the 10th My Girl we just released a few weeks ago. Um, I have my workshop where I have galore of putters there, but I try at my house. That's that's away from the office, away from the studio. But my girls love their My Girl putters. And if you, my girls are my wife, Kathy, Sandy, and Summer. And if you look in the shaft band for most of the years, their names are floating in the flowers and in the backdrops of the shaft bands, uh, just to give them a little credit. Because the thought was, my girls came from doing things with my girls. That's very cool. I didn't know that. That's a really good yeah. thing. Uh, so just finally, you know, in the last section of this chat, it'd be good to get your thoughts on kind of fitting and helping golfers improve their putting, right? So, you know, as an expert who's seen numerous tour players perform so well down the years, just first, maybe could you explain, obviously, a lot of your putters have tungsten weights in, in the heel and toe that are adjustable. You know, you can make them lighter or heavier. Just explain why golfers might get fitted into a lighter or heavier putter. Kind of what are the benefits of each? Sure. Well, the, the tungsten weights um, are great. And way back when, um, we didn't have adjustable weights and we had to put lead tape. So when I was at a tour event, I walked around with lead tape in my pocket because guys wanted it heavier or lighter. Um, and I thought, well, I spend hours making that putter look beautiful, and here I am putting on lead tape. So I, at Titleist, they were uh, moving, and they had tungsten weights from an iron called like AC-108. And these tungsten weights were in there in five-gallon buckets, so they were getting rid of that. And I went over and took my truck and got all these tungsten weights. And I would mill in pockets to put in tungsten weights so I could raise a heel and toe and hit proper weights and found, I'd epoxy those in actually, but found uh, a men's spike wrench in the old style days, you would have a wrench where you put it in the holes and twist it. That idea was used for a wrench to put in weights from a golf shoe into a putter. So the idea came from that. So we like to make putters where the shaft flexes, whether it's 33, 34, 35, and we find the best players in the world have their eyes to the inside of the ball, not on the ball or outside. So length number one matters. So once we get our eyes in a position, for example, if they're too far over, we're looking down the line left. Too far inside, they're looking down the line uh, to the right. So length sets eyes. Eyes set path. Putter building. Length sets shaft flex. So if we have a 33 inch putter and we don't change the head weight, we have a stiff shaft. So we have head weights at 33 that are heavier, 34 medium and 35 are lighter because the longer the putter, the weaker the shaft. Shorter the putter, the stiffer the shaft. So we can have head weights from 33 to 35 and the shaft flex is the same because we change the weight. Very similar if you had a driver and you made the driver longer, that head weight gets very heavy and the shaft gets very weak. You cut that thing down an inch or two inches, the shaft gets stiff and the head gets light and gets whippy. 
So I always go back because people have an easier understanding of a driver getting light and, but putters are the same deal. We have a recipe for weight, shaft flex, and that's all around the golfer, eyes to the inside. So a simple drill, get a CD disc, put it on the ground. There's a hole in the middle, put a golf ball in the hole, get your eyes to the inside, then figure out your length where you're comfortable. Eye set path length set eyes so just a rule of thumb no that's great i think a lot of golfers are really going to benefit from some of those tips there that's awesome you talk about the shaft there i mean how how much heed do you pay to the shaft in terms of, you know we're seeing a lot of brands have multi-material shafts and you know different things involved in in making putter for specific shafts is that something that you think about or you've played with different types of construction with shafts how, how important is the shaft when it comes to putting very important. Um, we spent a lot of time on shafts and weight and wall thickness. Years ago, I worked with Bob Bush at True Temper, and I got a lot of guys from Paul Azinger, Freddie Couples, Payne Stewart's, an older, you know, a David Graham, a David Frost. A lot of these guys used an 8802 or Arnold Palmer designed by Putter, but guys would always ask for two shafts. It was a Scottsdale answer with a nine inch step but also they asked for the fluted shaft out of the 8802, brought the shafts to True Temper, working with Bob Bush and said, why are they keep on asking for these two shafts? What's so special? And we found that the flex of the shaft was quite soft, but if it got too soft, it would get too whippy, especially on putts like 20 feet versus five feet. Five feet, there's not much movement. 20 feet, now you're moving some things around. But well, we found that the cycles and flex of the shaft does matter. So cycles between 300 and 350, we want to be in there because we have found through testing under 300, it feels great, but you can hit a putt and it takes off on you like it's exploded. But if we get it stiffer than 350 cycles, it gets very boardy and stiff and the sound even gets affected because it's such a telephone pole stiffness. So again, from head weight, and even you take that into grip weight, creating shaft flex, shafts matter. So we look at that every day and we have found the shafts out there were multi-materials. There's torque issues. Um, I don't want that head flexing around. There's not much flex in a three foot putt, but if you're talking 20 feet, there's some torque to some of these graphites where they put in the steel. Um, it, it looks creative, no doubt about it. It seems like everybody's trying to chase a steel shaft. Let's make it the weight of steel, the flex of steel, and the torque of steel. How about just use steel? <laughs> if there's a better way, if there's a better material, we're going to find it, we're going to use it, as long as it's USGA legal. But we haven't found at this point anything better than our current shaft that we're using that we developed many of years ago. If there's a reason to change, let's change. But if there's not, let's not do it just to change. Sure, um, that's great. And you mentioned how shaft affects the feel of putts. You've also talked about aluminum and how that affects the, the feel of the putts. I mean, how does the type of golf ball that you play affect the type of feel that you experience or the putter that you should choose? Because there's this whole range of different compression of golf balls that feel very different depending on on the, the, the model that you use so how does golf ball affect the type of putter you should play you're right on track with that sound and feels matters 
I've had guys through the year, many of years ask, you know, say, I don't care what it looks like. Ball just has to go in the hole. Hang on. It does matter. The look matters. The feel matters. But I can't control your golf ball. I would hope you're using the best golf ball in the world, a Titleist. Um, but if you're not, we make, you know, 12 different putters. We make mallets. We make mids. We make blades. It's very personal. A putter is very personal. So getting a putter that creates the sound, also, what is the sound? What is the feel relative to the golf ball you're using? So if you're using a harder golf ball, you might have to find something a little softer. But putting is so personal, so find something that you like the look, the feel, and the ultimate goal is performance. But all those things you have to think about, looks, feels, sound, um, and all that. So. We make a lot of different putters from face balance to non-face balance because everybody putting-wise has their own thoughts, and that also includes the golf ball of what you're trying to hear and feel. That's some, some great advice there, Scotty. And, and last question before I leave you, before I let you go, is uh, you've obviously made a lot of putters down the years. Which one are you most proud of? Which one really resonates in your mind as being you know, the, the, your favourite Scotty Cameron that you've ever made? Tough question there. Um, you know, I was very proud when we did the Futura. If you remember, we had and it was bizarre. And um, I had a boss who was wonderful boss, Wally Uline, say, hey, not everybody's good at doing mallets. You do some great classic stuff. And I'm like, wait a minute. I've done some great mallets. I wanted to take the mallets to the next, next massive weight in the back high performance, high MOI, that Futura from him implanting in, hey, not everybody's great at mallets. I wanted to prove I could do it um, and I'm pretty good at it. Uh, but that that idea of doing that mallet now is set moving forward, back weighted putters from the Futura. So I'm proud of that Futura, even though it wasn't the greatest or the greatest sounding, it set things in motion to do better things like the Phantom has a lot of flavors in that, but it sure looks and feels a lot better from the original. But I'm very proud the Newport 2. Um, it's a classic shape. It's been done before, of course. I don't know if anybody does it better than Titleist Scotty Cameron. We take pride in making that really good. So this new one that we've done, it performs better, sounds better, from our previous models. We're not just designing to design, we're designing to create a better product. So I'm really proud of taking a great putter over the years and making it better. That's the goal. Brilliant. Well, I know that's a great answer. And th thank you for your time today, Scotty. I really appreciate it. And uh, keep up the good work. And I'm sure there's a lot of golfers out there listening who really appreciate all the all the work that you do and the putters that you make and hold a lot of putts with a, with a Scotty Cameron putter. So thank you. Uh, thank you guys for having me. I enjoyed the time with you guys. <laughs>